What does Jesus Christ's blood do for you? Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Jesus' blood, it sanctifies you. Sanctify, that word means it sets you apart. It makes you holy. It makes you different. What makes you different than anybody else walking on this earth if you're a born-again Christian is that the blood of Jesus Christ is covering you. And that makes you different. That sets you apart. And it, notice at the end of verse 12 it says, With his own blood suffered without the gate. He wasn't part of the world. He wasn't part of Jerusalem. So what should we do then? Verse 13, Let us go forth therefore unto him, Jesus Christ, without the camp, bearing his reproach. Jesus Christ was an outcast. Jesus Christ was hated. Jesus Christ was shut out of the city. Jesus Christ wasn't welcomed. Jesus Christ was told that he should be crucified. Guys, that's how we should suffer. We should suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. You know, there's people that suffer for the American military. They go for America and they're willing to get shot and killed for America. They're willing to lay their life down for America. There's men and women laying their life down for Ukraine tonight. Guys, we should be willing to lay our life down for the name of Jesus Christ. He suffered for us first, and He did it without the gate, and we should do it too. And that blood, guys, that blood sanctifies us. It sets us apart, and praise the Lord for that. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, moving along. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Something else this blood does. There's something else this blood does. There's a lot that this blood does. We learned uh, last Wednesday, let me make sure I get it all correct. We learned last Wednesday it justifies, it redeems, it draws near, it makes peace, it sanctifies. And now in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19, it says, Paul, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It allows us to, it provides us boldness. Uh, understand what you gotta understand what Hebrews is. What Paul's talking about here with Hebrews, a, 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 a Jewish, a, any Jew would understand exactly what he meant by verse nineteen. See, the temple was set up where the, the the Gentiles had to stay outside of this wall. And when you, if you were a Jew, you were able to go inside this inner court, and in the inner court, only the priest could go so far. And then a priest could only a certain kind of priest could only go in to the holy. It, once a year, he'd go into this holy place, and he'd go in, he'd do the sacrifices, but there was a place called the Most Holy, the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could enter that, and he only could enter that once a year, and he could make atonement, and the, the Ark of the Covenant sat in there, in the mercy seat, and he approached that Ark of the Covenant that was hidden behind, it was a room about this size right here, it had a curtain, and he'd go inside that curtain once a year, he'd go inside that curtain, you know what he walked on? He sprinkled the blood on the ground. And he approached God by sprinkling blood. And he walked barefooted, sprinkled blood in front of him. And he'd go and he'd sprinkle that blood on that mercy seat. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. God was there. God's glory was hovering above that ark of the covenant. Above that mercy seat. And that what Paul is telling us there, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, now we can enter boldly in front of God and approach Him in prayer. Man, it's amazing that you can, right now, brothers or sisters, you can close your eyes or bow your head or keep your eyes open and say, Dear Heavenly Father, and you're approaching God of the universe. And you're doing it by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Look, Keep on going back to the left, Hebrews chapter 4. Man, this blood is important. It gives us boldness. 
You know why we're so bold to enter in there? It's the same reason why my child, my son, is bold. To, when he, my son comes over to my house, if you, one of y'all, some of y'all have come over to my house before and visited me, and I haven't had a one of you not knock on the door or ring the doorbell. Ding, 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 dong. I've never had one of you just come walking in. What are you doing, kicking? <laughs> I wouldn't mind, but you might find me in my underwear. But, you know, <laughs> point is, I've never had y'all just come walking in. You know what my son does? He comes over, he lives way off an hour and a half from here. You know what he does when he comes over? He just walks in the front door. Hey, Daddy, what are you doing? Uh, nothing, what are you, come on in, son. Uh, you know why he's so bold? Because he's my son. And we got a father. You know why we enter so boldly to the father? Because we're his child. Man, we, 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 we belong to him. And why, do, why is that so true? That's so true because Jesus Christ shed his blood. Verse 16, Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain, may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boldly. We're not approaching God through the blood of Jesus Christ that's sitting on the throne of condemnation. We're not approaching a God that wants to condemn us. He's not sitting on a throne of condemnation. It says there that He's sitting on a throne of grace. Man, that blood is important. That blood is so important to us. Look at 1 John chapter 1. Very famous set of scriptures. Let's move on. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. What else does this blood do? Blood does a lot for you. Oh, it's, through that, it's because of that precious blood that we, can, that, that we can get so much from God. That, plesh, that precious blood of Jesus Christ, it, that's why it's more precious than silver or gold. Because it buys us so much. It buys us a sonship. It buys us a mansion. It buys us fellowship. It buys us redemption. It buys us justification. It redeems us. It helps us to be bold. It's going to help us to have our sins forgiven and cleansed. Look at verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood... The blood, not the works, not the good deeds, not the teachings. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. Praise God. I don't care, brother or sister, I don't care, sinner, I don't care who you are, I don't care what sin you've done, there's nothing you've done that God's blood can't cleanse you of. And it has. You say, well... Uh, if you knew what I did, you'd, I, you know I deserved to die. Well, there was a thief hanging next to Jesus Christ, getting what he deserves. And he turned to Christ and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus Christ said, you haven't been baptized. I can't save you. You need to go to church. You need to go down and repent. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Just like that. I don't care, sinner, what kind of condition you're in or how deep a pit you're in. When you cry out with true faith, when you, when I mean, what, I mean, what I mean by true faith is cry out knowing Jesus Christ can hear you, knowing that He's a resurrected Savior, knowing that in your heart that you know you're a sinner. When you cry out with that kind of faith to say, Lord, I believe you're there. Will you please help me? Will you please save me? He'll save you. And how does He do that? How does He accomplish that? By the blood. It's by that blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all, all sin. Let's turn to Revelation 1. Let's go through Revelation. Oh, it gets good. Revelation 1. It's going to get good. 
Oh, the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, it's powerful. That's why we sing about it. There's power in the blood. That's why we sing we're redeemed by the blood. That's why we sing those songs, there's nothing but the blood. That's why, man, you don't hear them in these new songs much. You don't hear them at all. It bothers me. I want to hear about the blood. I want to sing about the blood. Because when you're reading this book, it's a bloody book. And if there's anything, as we close out this study of the history of the blood, and this all started because somebody asked me, What's the difference between mankind's blood and Jesus' blood? And this is where it started. And what I tried to show you is in the very beginning, man had blood. And we started in Genesis, and we went all the way through. And here we are at the end of Revelation, and we're still showing you things about the blood. Guys, it's all about the blood. It's either the blood of a lamb, it's the blood of a goat, it's the blood of a bull. And when that won't do, and it, the Bible says that won't do when you get to heaven, you know what you need? You need the blood of the Son of God. The name was Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. John's writing this at the end of his life while he's in the Isle of Patmos for uh, preaching the word. Look what he says in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. He's the first, but he's not going to be the last. And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him, look at this, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins and His own blood. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How are you washed? How are your sins washed away? By the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's not preached enough. It's not talked about enough. We're not praying it enough. We're not pleading it enough. We need to be praying and pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation chapter 5. We're going to go through the book of Revelation quickly. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. Oh, man, this, is tough. this stuff is good. I mean, I could, I'm just reading it. I'm not even hardly saying much. Just read it. It just leaps off the page, man. Every time, and if you come look at my Bible, everywhere it's saying the blood, I have it underlined with red ink and I have it highlighted. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because it's the blood. And it's precious. And it means something. And it's the key. It's the token. Whenever they were behind that door in the Exodus and God says, I'm going to kill the firstborn, He said, if you'll put that blood on that door, it'll be a token to me and I'll pass over and you'll survive. Get in the door. We know that door is Jesus Christ and that blood is the blood of God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And that's what this blood is. Every time you see that blood in your Bible, it's a token to you that God's doing something for you. And you can get down on your knees and you can pray and you got that blood and it's the key to everything. You can pray and ask God, God, I need your blood. I need your blood to cleanse me. I need your blood to redeem me. I need your blood right now, Lord. I need it to heal me. I need that blood and I pray, Lord, just a little speck, just a little drop of your blood will do everything I need. I'm not asking for the whole thing, Lord. I'm like the lady to come up and said, Lord, just give me a little bit of the crumbs off the master's table. That's all we need. Just a little. Verse 9, Revelation 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song. What's this new song? Saying, Thou art worthy. They're singing it about Jesus Christ. Thou art worthy. To take the book. See, nobody could open the book. They found a book. Nobody could open the book. But then this lamb that was slain since the foundation of the world, it walked out of the throne and this lamb took the book. And we know that lamb to be the line of the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ. Thou art worthy 
To take the book, why is he worthy? And to open the seals thereof, why is he worthy? For thou wast slain, oh, he was slain, and hast redeemed us to God, how? By thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It don't matter what color you are, what race you are, what creed you are. I don't care what kind of religion you are. You need the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what's going to redeem you to God. And that's what makes him worthy. That's why, man, I get up here preaching sometimes. You hear me say, oh, Brother King, he's always kicking that. He's always preaching that. He's always talking bad about Muhammad. He's always talking bad about Buddha. He's always talking bad about other people's religions. Why is he always doing that? Because they don't got it right. <laughs> because when they, get, when they get away from Jesus Christ, you don't get it. Muhammad didn't do anything for me. And he didn't do anything for you. And Buddha didn't, and Confucius didn't, and the Pope didn't, and the Catholic Church didn't, and the Southern Baptist Convention didn't. None of them did. This pastor right here, I haven't done nothing for you. I can't get you saved. It's got to be by the blood. And it's got to be not by my blood, or Muhammad's blood, or Buddha's blood. It's got to be by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why has it got to be by the blood of Jesus Christ? Because it's pure. It's God's blood. How are you so sure it's God's blood? He was born of a virgin. And the Bible says he was born of a virgin and his dad is God Almighty, the only begotten Son of God. That's it right there. And you're redeemed. You're bought back. He's purchased you to God by the blood. That's it right there. Look at Revelation chapter 7. Revelation 7. Oh, God's not done. God's not done. He's going to talk about the blood. He's going to make sure you get it. When you get to the book of Revelation, you can't avoid the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. Look at verse 13. Look at verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these? He's seen these people raptured up all of a sudden. They show up in heaven. And he said, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? So these are tribulation saints that were raptured out of the tribulation period. And he's asking, where are these from? Where did they come from? And he said, uh, verse 14, and I said unto him, John answers the elder and says, uh, Sir, thou knowest, you know who they are and where they're from. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation. See, tribulation saints. And have, look, washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> you want to be white as snow? Get in the blood. That don't make any sense. None of it makes sense. This whole Bible's full of oxymorons like that. Y'all ladies know better than us men. What can you, you can't hardly get out blood out of clothes. So you're telling me you want my clothes to be white as snow by getting under the blood? That's what the Bible says. You want me to lose my life? Yes. Jesus Christ says if you lose, my, you lose your life for me, you'll gain it. You mean go up there and sing songs that were written like 300 years ago about a dead man that died 2,000 years ago and you like to do that? Oh no, I don't like to do that. I love to do that. You love to just hear, you later open up a book that's over 2,000 years old and hear somebody read out of it. You like to do that? No, I don't like to do that. I love to do that. I love it. How do you explain that? The Holy Spirit is spiritual. 
Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you something spiritual about it. Because you can talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, and you can talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, but when you get to talking about the blood of Jesus Christ, something spiritual happens, and the Holy Spirit just starts stirring you up, and you get a zeal for it. You can't help it. Because it's about the blood, and they have their robes washed, their robes, and made them white in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. Look at Revelation 12. Here we go. Revelation 12. This is you right here. Mm, mm, mm. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Very famous set of scripture. I preach this all the time. I talk about it all the time. You know why? Because it's good. That's why I do it all the time. It's good stuff. So war breaks out in heaven. The devil and his angels are fighting Michael and his angels up in heaven. Well, guess what happens? What we know is going to happen. Michael and his angels, they whip the devil and his angels and they kick them out of heaven. And when they get kicked out of heaven, verse 10 shows up. And in verse 10 he says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, this is after the devil's been kicked out, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser, that's Satan, of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. What's going on tonight when somebody's being accused up in heaven? Maybe it's Brother Ronnie. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Brother Collins. Maybe it's Wade. The devil's up there accusing you guys. You see, I thought he was one of yours. Do you see what he just said? You see what he was just doing? You see what she was just thinking? You see what she just said? You see, I thought they were they just accusing and accusing and accusing and accusing. That's why the Bible says Jesus Christ is our advocate. He's our lawyer. He stands for us. So when we're being accused by Satan, Jesus Christ can stand and say, He belongs to me. I'll take care of him. I'll take care of her. Verse 11, how are you going to win this case? How are you going to win this? He's been accusing you. Look at verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> Amen. The devil can't get us. We're in the blood. I know I said that very first week I, I was teaching on this. I told you that story. That preacher was running from the devil and he ran in the church and the devil followed him right in. And he ran down to the back of the, behind the pew and the devil followed him right in here. He ran and jumped in the baptistry and the devil jumped in the baptistry with him. But when he jumped out of the blood, the devil couldn't follow him. And they overcame him by the works of the Lamb. Nope. They overcame him by the teachings of the Lamb. Not a... They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You're going to overcome the devil by the blood. You got the devil after you? You feel like the devil's messing with your head? You feel like the devil's talking to you? Do you feel like the devil's sending people your way to tempt you, to get you to do something you shouldn't do? Plead the blood. Brothers and sisters, we need to plead the blood. We need to pray the blood. We need to praise the blood. We need to go, Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. I plead your blood. Lord, I, I want your blood. Cover me in your blood. We need to pray it. We need to plead it. We need to praise it. It's everything about the blood. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Is that your testimony? That's my word. What's your word? And they loved not their lives unto the death. I gave my life over to Jesus. I'm not saying I do every minute of the day for Jesus, but my life belongs to Jesus. And you know who I put my life in? I put my soul and everything into Jesus' hands. So when I take my last breath, and it might be tomorrow, when I take my last breath, I know I'll wake up in the arms of Jesus. And it's all because of the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. 
No, God uses blood to judge. Look at Revelation chapter 8. And we're getting close to closing. Revelation chapter 8. We're getting close to closing. Revelation chapter 8. God uses blood to judge. To me, and I don't know how y'all feel about it, but there's nothing nastier than, than blood. Seeing a bunch of blood laying out. I know some of you men here have worked in jobs where y'all had to work near an ambulance, some of you firefighters and stuff. And y'all have told me some of the stories about people being in wrecks and uh, just horrible, horrible stories. And every time y'all tell those stories, all I can think of is, man, all the blood must have been over. That would have been so just, it would have, it would have bothered me so bad. And that's how God's going to judge this world, with blood. I can't think of anything more nasty. Look at Romans chapter, I mean, excuse me, Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. And the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. And the second angel sounded, this is the trumpets they're sounding. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And look at this, the third part of the sea became blood. How nasty is that? Don't get much, no more nastier than that. You know, we're not, we're not going to spend the time, but remember back in Revelation chapter uh, 19, you got Revelation chapter 14, remember it says that blood's going to flow for 200 miles for the horse's bridle. There's a lot of blood God's raining down on mankind. A lot of blood. Because right. see, if you don't let Jesus Christ put His blood on you, your blood's going to be on him. Boy, you don't want that. I, I promise you, you don't want that. God, judges, God uses blood to judge. Let me show you one other place, Revelation 16. Revelation chapter 16, and I'm going to close with one last thing. Revelation 16, verse 3. Revelation 16, verse 3. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's all about the blood. Revelation chapter 16, verse 3. And the second angel poured out his vial. Now, this is the seven vials. The second vial. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. He judged them with blood. Mankind's so caught up in blood. They're all about blood. Some of the most uh, money-making movies they make in Hollywood is about or horror movies. They love to see people getting cut up, beat up. Uh, you know, every kind of horrible thing you can think of. This country's full of the blood of little children that have been aborted all over this country. This country's full of violence, full of... Uh, just destruction. It's full of blood. And I, told, I showed you at the beginning of the study that God says that blood in that land cries out to Him. And it cries out to Him, vengeance. Vengeance. So you have the blood all over this land. And I'm including this part, piece of property here all over. It's crying out to God for vengeance. And when you get under the blood of Jesus Christ, it's the only blood you're going to find that cries out for mercy. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, after they had nailed him, after they had whipped him, after they had beat him, almost too unrecognizable. The Bible says he was beat so bad you couldn't recognize him. His face was just swollen up. His back was laid open. He's bleeding everywhere. They crucified him. They put him up on that cross and they carried him up. When they got him up there, his first words were, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
That blood cries mercy, grace, forgiveness. And all our blood, if it was to be shed tonight, would cry out to God, vengeance, vengeance. Praise God for His blood. Now, y'all guys know, uh, and if you're, you've got this little study with me, uh, excuse me, with you tonight, uh, I just taught on this just a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to go through that last part, the wine press of the wrath of God. You're welcome to go through it yourself at home. There's four or five verses. We just studied that, so I'm not going to do that tonight. But I am going to close with something, something else. And uh, what I, I love to, cl I collect books. I like any kind of old books. If it's any kind of old book, usually I'll pick it up, grab it up. I love old books. You know, my wife wants to kill me because that's all I have at home is books. But one day I found this old Bible. This Bible is uh, 1941. It's a Marine Corps uh, World War II Bible. And in this Marine Corps World War II Bible, it's, uh, it's dated 1944. It was printed 1941. It was Chaplain Sartella of the Marine Corps. It's handwritten in there. February 23rd, 1944. So, of course, I picked this up, and I was pretty excited. And it's a King James. It's pretty excited to get it. it at the front page, it's got, uh, it's got a, a, the White House uh, doctor... Oh, excuse me, uh, Franklin Roosevelt. As Commander-in-Chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces of the United States. Throughout the centuries, men of many faiths and diverse origins have found in the sacred book words of wisdom, counsel, inspiration. It is a fountain of strength and now, as always, an aid in attaining the highest aspirations of the human soul. Very sincerely yours, Franklin D. Roosevelt, 1941. So given out to every, I believe, every Marine Corps there, San Diego. What was inter interesting to me is at the back there were some hit handwritten uh, notes. And one of them was Ezekiel chapter 16. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 16. This is where we're closing. Talking about the blood, Ezekiel chapter 16. Turn to this, look at this, this is amazing. Ezekiel chapter 16. So in this handwritten note, in this handwritten note, uh, when I seen this, I... Uh, it said Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 6. And, and then it says to stop the blood, to stop the blood. And, you know, you've got, you got to remember, this is, a, this is a man going over World War II. This is a man that's getting shot at, man. It's going to be shot. He's bleeding. He's going to be on the battlefield. Look at what Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 6 says. This is the Marine Corps chaplain. He had written in the back of his little Bible here. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 6, it says, When I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood. Somebody's been shot. Somebody's been wounded. They're laying in the battlefield. They're bleeding. I saw thee, saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Amen. What's that about? You're laying on the battlefield and you're bleeding. You don't know if you're going to make it back to camp. You don't know if you're going to live or die. This chaplain had this verse in there and he says, oh, you know what, God, you're going to swing by. You're going to come by me while I'm laying in that field and I'm bleeding in my own blood and you're going to lean down and you're going to whisper in my ear, live. Now what it says? That's what he was believing. Live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. Brothers and sisters, you once were in your own blood. First birth, doomed and damned to a devil's hell. You were in your own blood. And one day, 
by the faith of Jesus Christ, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, you cried out somehow, some way, through your heart, through your mouth, and said, Lord, save me. And he leaned down and he said, I see you in your own blood. And I say to you, live. <laughs> live. Amen. And if you have the testimony that I can give this evening is when the Lord leaned down and he said, live, I'm going to tell you something what happened. I started living. And I've never, ever, ever regretted taking Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Because, man, when he covered me in that precious blood, I didn't know what living was. Until you have the Holy Spirit whispering in your ear, live, live. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your blood. I thank you for all it does for us, Lord. I know it draws us near to you, Lord. I know it redeems us and justifies us. Lord, I know it sanctifies us. I know it allows us to be, have boldness, Lord, that I can even call you out tonight, Lord God, and talk to you. And I know and believe, Lord, in my heart you're listening to me. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would cover this people, Lord, in your precious blood. Lord, forgive us, cleanse us, wash us, Lord, of our sins, Lord. Help us to be better Christians, Lord. Help us to be better ambassadors, Lord. And help us, Father, to walk that walk with you, Lord Jesus Christ, where we're walking on a pathway of blood. And Lord, help us to plead it better. Lord, help us to pray for it better. Lord, help us to praise you in your blood, Lord. Father, I just can't thank you enough, Lord, for the men and women that created and written these hymns, Lord God, that we can sing these wonderful songs of praises about your blood to you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross, Lord, and shedding your blood and looking down and asking for forgiveness, Lord God. I know, Lord, according to your word and what I've seen and read out of your word, Lord, that everybody at the crucifixion was forgiven. Because, Lord Jesus, I know, Lord, when you say they're forgiven, they're forgiven. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that when you said if we'll come with childlike faith and just ask you to save us, Lord, that you'll save us. And Lord, I know I did that, Lord, and I know I'm saved. And it's nothing because of anything I did, Lord. I know it's because you love me and you died for me and you shed your precious blood. Lord, I thank you, Father, for these people, Lord God, that love you, that want to get closer to you, Lord God. I pray, Father, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that they might get closer to you and understand the wonderful words that we have in this book, Lord God. Thank you so much for these men and women, Lord, that served in the, in the Marine Corps and the Army and the Navy, the Air Force, Lord God, that served this country, that I might be able to get up here on, on a Wednesday night, Lord God, and preach your word without fear of persecution, Lord. I thank you for the blood they shed for my freedom. And, Lord, I want to thank you for these people that love you, Lord, and come out here tonight, Lord God, to hear from your word. I pray you bless them. And, Father, I pray they get home safely. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.